In this episode, I am speaking with fashion tech entrepreneur, Josephine Waddington. We will be discussing entrepreneurship, design, the circular economy, and so much more. Some of my favorite ideas from this recording are in the final 10 minutes of the episode, so make sure that you stick around until the very end. Welcome back to the podcast. The Alfie Wattam Podcast. Okay, Joe. Can you tell me a little bit about your business? Because we spoke briefly the other day at an event, and it was really good to meet you. It sounded like you were doing something really interesting. Just give us the, the elevator pitch. For people that don't know, tell us a little bit more about what you're building. Um, so StyleSort is all about supporting brands, fashion brands, build their circular economy business, okay. but particularly in the fashion resale space. Okay. Um, so what does that really mean is that um, the second-hand market um, for clothing and fashion is growing exponentially, yeah. which is really exciting for us. Um, and, you know, the shoppers out there are beginning to um, want to be more um, conscious with the way that they consume. Um, and obviously now that um, we're much more aware of um, the environmental impact, particularly of our wardrobes now, um, that's why that market um, and consumer profile is growing. Um, so we're here to actually um, help brands um, introduce a whole new um, revenue channel and business, which um, is basically um, buying and selling secondhand pieces yeah. under their brand name. And it's growing massively. Like we were talking earlier before the, the episode about the market that you're in, and it's grown something like, it like tripled in size in the past couple of years or something like that? Yeah, tripled in size um, since 2020, Blimey. which yeah. is actually incredible. And um, if you look at the numbers um, compared to how fast um, new fashion is growing compared to secondhand, yeah. um, it's a pretty exciting space to be working in. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, some of the reason for that is actually that obviously, um, you know, during times of recession, yeah. um, the consumer is really impacted um, and it's beginning to be that we can see that most of our customer profiles are wanting to access good quality premium and luxury fashion, yes. um, but for perhaps lower price points, yeah. and they can get there with a, a pre-loved um, item. Um, and then our kind of second um, second persona is all about the kind of sustainable consumer. Mm. They're conscious shoppers. They know the environmental impact of fashion and. Um, that what that looks like is actually that um, the fashion industry is the second most polluting industry in the world okay. after oil and gas. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously this has been sort of um, covered in the press a lot now. So the consumer is aware that actually buying a new piece of fashion, um, there is uh, some guilt attached to it, which oh, yeah, yeah, is I, becoming a little bit uncomfortable. I can feel that. I wear my own company like branded clothes like 90% of the time just because... For me, it's like simplicity, it's easy, I know what I'm wearing, and it's like good marketing at the same time. But if I'm ever buying something like in like Topshop or Primark, I feel guilty. I know I do. Or if my missus buys something on, is it Shen? Shen? Sheen, yeah. Shen, Sheen, yep. yeah. If she buys something on there, I'm like, that is not, not good what you are doing. Like, that's going to be broken down and, and gone you know, in, a, in a couple of weeks. Um, and, that's, and that's why I love your type of business, because there's been a couple of big players in, the, in that space, you know, whether it's uh, you know, Depop or Thrifted or, or whoever. But I think the way that you're targeting that market is a little bit different, right? Because you're going after more like luxury items that can be reused, whereas a lot of those platforms are more about just selling anything. Would, would it be fair saying that? 
Yes, exactly. And um, the, where has this all come from, in fact? If I rewind to um, my own career, yeah. um, I've um, spent the last kind of um, 15, 16 years actually working in supply chain, production and design um, for fast fashion brands. Big companies, right? Like, yes. say, say some of the names that you've worked for. So um, either supply side or in-house, I've worked closely with Zara, Topshop, Mango, ASOS. Um, River Island and um, what I experienced during that time was literally front row seats to the overproduction problem yeah, um, yeah. of the fashion industry and there's an overproduction problem on one side um, and an overconsumption problem on our, our side yeah. as the consumer and the overproduction problem um, you know I, I spent many many years um, in factories in China and, and India yeah. Um, seeing this problem um, really kind of pan out and the um, environmental impact of local communities um, near those factories as well. Um, and it's, it's, um, it's a kind of multifaceted issue because you, we've got sort of um, chemicals coming from the um, dyeing process of mm. the printing and the um, solid, um, solid um, dyeing of the um, fashion garments from the dye houses um, going into local water supplies. Um, and then the, there's obviously a whole other story around um, the carbon emissions that oh, yeah. the industry produce on a factory level and, um, and the transportation of all of these goods in the global supply chain. Now yeah. that um, there's a lot of product that is no longer being man manufactured um, in the UK or, or near, yeah. um, near the UK, um, which is a real issue actually. Um, and that, that actually had a real impact on my I guess my own um, purposefulness um, okay. and I felt you know my job was actually um, really part of the problem um, yeah. of the fashion's environmental impact and I, I wanted to do something. Hey this podcast is brought to you by welovealpha.com if you're looking to grow and hire and scale your software engineering team in the UK and go to welovealpha.com to hire the best software developers on the market. Everything across Java to C Sharp to PHP to Python to React and Angular and mobile and more. Go to welovealpha.com to hire the best software engineers in the UK now. So you went from being part of the problem to being part of the solution. You know, exactly. And offering something new, something innovative, and something that catches that circular trend. And I, I really like the whole sustainability circular angle because if I remember back when I was a kid, if you were wearing second-hand clothes, that was seen as like, like, a, like a bad thing to, to do, right? An uncool thing, maybe. But now, it's trendy to, to be sustainable. Um, do you think I'm, I'm making any sense saying that? I mean, is the circular economy, it's growing quickly, so do, do you see it as being like a, a fast-growing trend at the moment? Absolutely, it's growing. It's growing quickly. Um, it's becoming um, very trendy to, you know, where's that from? Uh, oh, it's vintage, or you know, yeah. it's it's from vestiaire. Yeah. Um, and um, I think um, that's we we're, we're very lucky. We, we've kind of captured this moment. Um, and my sort of pivot from fast fashion to um, fashion resale is quite timely. Yeah. Um, and we're really excited as, as a business because. Um, that's very timely in terms of the growing market um, and d demand from, the, from a consumer's perspective, um, but also in terms of um, the technology. Yeah. Um, and basically, um, StyleSwap um, you know, wants to be at the absolute forefront of the combination of um, you know, looking at how we can solve 
um, fashion's environmental impact using technology um, and personalization tools particularly. Yeah. Um, and that's really what sets us apart um, from our competitors. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about the personalization? Because I know that you've used a bit of AI and machine learning and, and that type of tech to really power the, the system. Tell us a little bit more about the personalization side of it. Yeah, sure. So um, we've developed um, some technology called Stylomatics. Okay. Um, and really that, um, in essence, is a way of using machine learning to detect um, style. Yeah. Um, and what that means for the customer is that um, when you're shopping online for secondhand fashion, it can often be quite um, an overwhelming or complicated experience. Lots oh, yeah. of items of only one thing rather than yeah. um, a whole beautiful, desi beautifully designed collection of fashion pieces. Um, and so that really kind of solves that problem for the customer because um, the customer can go on, they actually take a, um, a style quiz, mm. um, which is quite fun. It's a little bit kind of gamified. Um, and basically kind of throughout that, um, that experience, the customer is giving um, giving over some um, data points around their style. Um, they might be more romantic or more kind of city and sort of tailoring sort of styling. Sure. Um, and that's really important because um, there's not much conversation out there in, in terms of fashion tech yeah. um, and personalization around style. And yeah. obviously, women's wear fashion is hugely complicated, as as most men know. It's, it's, there's, there's so many nuances to it. It's, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there's sort of um, billions, of, billions of different data points um, around yeah. um, the overall style and then the actual kind of design details um, within a garment. Um, so what that piece of technology is doing is um, filtering through um, so that we actually um, are building, a, um, if you will, a style passport around okay. um, that individual person. Mm -hmm. So that really what we're doing is um, being able to um, recommend yeah. um, um, and elevate the shopping experience for that individual so that you're showing them what they're much more likely to be interested in yeah. and buying. Therefore, um, making the whole sustainable um, pre-loved shopping experience a lot more enjoyable so more people yeah. do it, essentially. Yeah, the machine learning behind it is definitely the future of... Um, convenience really if, if people are opening up an app whether that's to buy clothes whether that's to buy food whether that's to buy something on amazon and the tech already knows what you want and it knows it better than you would know that then that's obviously quite quite interesting you you did exactly what i did in that you worked in the corporate world for many many years and then you made the leap to being a founder to being an entrepreneur um, why did you make that transition and and i guess um you know what, what, what did you learn from from going from big Big, big companies to then, you know, starting something from scratch? Very good question. I, um, I had an experience actually where they talk about climate anxiety. And I think okay. I had some kind of version of that. Um, that meant, I remember actually one, one day, um, you know, way back when, when I was a fashion designer, I did 200 sketches in one day okay. um, for a fast fashion brand. And um, that was at the time when, when actually sustainability was beginning to be a lot more on the agenda. Okay. Um, and I felt really guilty about, you know, why, why on earth does the world need this many products? Sure, and then sure. the data coming out actually um, on the environmental impact of um, these fast fashion brands. And, I, you know, I began, that, that kind of got me thinking about, okay, so right, the, the shopping experience is quite difficult. How do we get more people shopping secondhand? Mm. There's got to be a solution here. And with all the technology um, available to us, all that we can build, 
um, that's really kind of where um, my sort of first inkling of, right, I really want to do something different here. And I'm kind of not satisfied with the status quo of how this is working. Yeah. It's too difficult for the customer. We can't blame the customer for not shopping sustainably if we're not giving them a good enough shopping experience. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, yeah, so that was really the, the main thing. So I actually, I left and I did a, a tech accelerator program. Okay, cool. Which was very much like a kind of mixture between... Like a boot camp academy. It was like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was like Dragon's Den mixed with The Apprentice, <laughs> mixed with an MBA all at once. Um, and yeah, and then I... Um, you know, started building the business um, yeah. from scratch, which was which was the best decision I've ever made, and and has been extremely exciting experience since yeah. then. <laughs> I, think, I think for most people, just the hardest part of entrepreneurship is just starting. Because I, I was with a big corporate for for over five years, and it was always next year when I was going to start a company, and then something yeah. would happen, and then it was always the next year, and always. Like, but just like if you just start the rest is just momentum afterwards, yes. right? And 99.9% .9 of people just, just don't start to, to begin with, right? What, what, what advice would you give to people that are in corporate world, maybe uh, they've been doing it for a while, they've had this idea of starting a company, they're not quite sure about it. What, you know, you've been there, you've done it, I've been there, I've done it. What, what, what advice would you give to people that want to make that transition? I think um, the, the, the interesting thing, um, I referenced my father at this point, who um, was an entrepreneur, and he said, darling, if you can roll out of bed in the morning and enjoy what you do, then we're on to something. And, um, and you know, I think if, if someone has a good idea or sees an opportunity for um, the way a system can work better, yeah. um, I think I always think step one is just to begin to um, start writing down your ideas, um, formulates, you know, some kind of um, story around it and just get out there and start going to talk to people. Yeah. And I think... Um, I think one of the like early stage founders sometimes think, oh, I'm, I'm going to keep my idea to myself and not tell anyone. But actually, um, you soon realize it's completely the opposite. You Nobody go cares. to like, every event in London <laughs> yeah. that might be relevant and start meeting people, yeah. meeting investors, having conversations and getting to, getting to hear about people's reactions and yeah. what their journey was like. And, you know, what would step one be if I was to start getting some, some feedback from real people about actually would yeah. they buy this and what the what the appetite is. Yeah, I've always struggled to understand how people can build something in stealth um, because it, maybe in their world it works, but in everything that I've ever done, I need constant feedback. I, I've created something very basic. What do you think? Oh, you want this to be changed this way? You want this? Oh, okay, change it. Okay, come back. Hey, what's your impression this time? So, you know, constant iterations and updates, I find works much better for me as opposed to trying to spend years and millions building something and then you show the world and then nobody wants it. Uh, yes, absolutely. I think... Um... I did a very similar thing actually, and um, when I when, um, very kind of early days, I started to, to kind of build what I what I thought would be um, what the platform would look like myself. Literally fudging it all together in Photoshop, you know, yeah, there's yeah, yeah. a um, Envision, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you can build basically a clickable prototype. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, I think um, the advice would be to any um, founder who's wanting to kind of test and learn early stages to do exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Spend absolutely no money and, you know, like start to show some people, you know, is this something you'd be interested in? Would you pay money for this? You know, like, how would you do it differently? You know, like, what's yeah. the experience like? Um, and that's exactly what I did. And I, I took a lot of inspiration from 
um, Spotify and um, Instagram yeah. to kind of really bring that kind of storytelling into secondhand fashion. Yeah. Um, one of the things our technology does really well is this kind of matching technology. Okay. Um, so you are recommended actually um, individual products that you are more likely to, to like and buy, yeah, yeah. Um, but also um, individual um, sellers on our platform. Okay. Um, and yeah, so so building that prototype was actually really fun. So it's connecting not, not just a product, but hey, you bought this from this individual, or you looked at this piece for a while, here's five more from that same person that, that you might find interesting. Yeah, it's it's actually a lot more um, uh, um, a lot more in depth than that. It goes yeah. it goes into okay. So this seller profile has um, a, you know a certain sort of style um, a style profile, um, and it will match um, people to sellers um, in terms of style and also um, similar brands, yeah. price points. And then layering over that um, is all the behavioural learning, okay. um, which kind of builds over time, and yeah. it sort of let the algorithm learns. The technology that, that we used very early days was was literally off the shelf, um, just to sort of test on you know real people before um, building the business and you yeah. know building what is now Starsort today. Yeah. Um, and we were really actually um, really lucky to win a sustainability and innovation grant okay, cool. um, at the time from the from Innovate UK, which is backed yeah. by the UK government. Mm. Um, and that really kind of catapulted us into um, having enough funding to build a team yeah. um, and um, work around um, machine learning and build out our sort of algorithm, which yeah. was which was really um, an amazing experience given it was COVID at the time and yeah, so yeah, yeah. very um, intense period of, of um, learning and building and but, but really fantastic at the same time. You mentioned around building a team there I think that's the biggest hurdle that entrepreneurs have when they start you know that firstly they start and then great they've, they've, they've made it into the club but then how do they go from a solo operator you know to actually building and scaling a team um, you know, it's about hiring, about recruiting, about culture, about values and principles. What, what, what's important to you when, when building a team? You know, how do you build a high performance culture within the business? So actually, interestingly, I think um, from quite an, an early stage, we had um, kind of built out our advisory board. Yeah. We've had support from um, individuals that have either um, worked in or have worked at um, big luxury um, fashion um, yeah. retailers like Netta Porter, Farfetch and Harrods. Um, and um, my CTO actually, um, he's a sort of, um, his focus has, has very much been on machine learning for God knows 20 years. Yeah, yeah. But he, um, he also um, is very well, he, he's done a lot of work in the luxury fashion sector as well. Okay. So interestingly, whether that's been recommendations for recruiters or um, introductions through sure. those networks, that's always been, I think, um, really valuable for us to be able to, to recruit the right people um, quickly because it's, it's such yeah. a long process of trying to find the right people, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> I can speak to that. Yeah. <laughs> what about more in terms of, um, less about how you hire, but more about I guess why and, and what you hire for, like what what qualities, what what traits, what principles do you look for when you when you're interviewing somebody? Aside from can they do the job, because that's the obvious part. W what else is important to you? So actually, um, interestingly, I I, um, I met um, one of our most long-standing team members at London Fashion Week just oh, okay, by okay. complete chance, yeah. um, and she was actually. She, 
she used to be a, a top seller um, on Depop um, and yeah. has really been doing kind of fashion resale for many, many years. Yeah. And I think um, in answer to your question, the, the, the values um, of our team um, is really important. Uh, is basically, you know, I think hiring on values is a really good strategy for, from the get-go because if you can find um, the right people in your team that um, are really like living and breathing your product and the purposefulness of your product, um, then the rest is just is, is so much, you know, it's nearly, nearly effortless yeah. because you're speaking the same language. Um, and you're really, and you know, when when you do get to those moments of, you know, obviously there is some serious up to, ups and downs with with a startup. Um, you know, you're all singing from the same hymn sheet, and you've yeah. got that real drive. Um, and I think that is definitely kind of my my number one um, most important thing when I think about hiring and, and growing the team. What about leadership? Because once you've got a team of wonderful people, nothing really happens without a leader who can inspire, who can motivate, who can set a vision, form a strategy, and then motivate the troops to, to execute on that agenda, right? What, what, what's important to you when it comes to leadership? You know, what, what, what makes a good manager? Uh, I think, I think um, one of the things I, I do try and stick to is, is having, having no hierarchy mm. um, and kind of trying to kind of check in regularly, um, but, but working really as a team rather than a kind of us and them situation. And I think in my own career, I've had a bit of both, yeah, yeah. Um, which has been um, something that I've learned from. Hey, really quick video just to give you a free subscription to Coda magazine. Coda is the number one publication for all the latest tech news, expert insights and exclusive industry interviews. With Coda, you get the inside scoop on what's happening with Elon Musk, with Bill Gates, with Jeff Bezos, with Mark Zuckerberg, and so much more. So if you work in the technology industry, then I'd highly recommend that you give Coda a read today. Just scan the QR code on the screen for free access now, or go to welovealpha.com forward slash magazine to get your free subscription today. Tell me a little bit about the future of fashion because I, um, my fashion knowledge isn't great, right? And I understand that trends come when they go and I'll always wear suits and branded hoodies, right? That'll be my thing. That was my thing five years ago. That'll be my thing five years from now. But um, for people that are a little bit more interested in, I guess, like the actual fashion side of it um, and even fashion technology, because I've done lots of episodes of the podcast where we've talked about not necessarily fashion marketplaces, but like fashion tech, like clothing that's got QR codes on, which if you are wearing AR glasses, it can, it can instantly be created into something else. We've done episodes where we've interviewed people that we, we've discussed um, clothing, which under the right temperature, it can change in certain ways. And it's like smart clothing. There was one story we did on a, on a tech news podcast about, um, they were talking about the fashion behind the spacesuits um, that were being used and the technology that underpinned that and allowed it to work, which is super interesting, right? But I think the future of fashion is, is certainly an interesting area. You, you've been in, in this space for many, many years as a, you know, a stylist, as a, an entrepreneur, as everything in between. What, what, what do you think is the future of, of fashion? Obviously the circular economy, but, but what else? What's, what's important? So I think really, truly deep down, um, I really want to, to continue the conversation about quality. Yeah. Um, quality um, of the products that we are producing. We're never gonna sort of press stop on the manufacturing of, of clothing and fashion globally, yeah. are we? Yeah. 
Um, and I think um, if, we, if we dial down the production on fast fashion and focus on quality, and I think the um, founder of Patagonia talks about this a lot, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. him being a real lead, a global leader in this space. Yeah. Um, if we can marry up the um, um, making the shopping experience um, you know, really, really easy and really enjoyable and engaging for secondhand. Um, that's obviously kind of our focus. The word quality, the way that you that you use that, is is important because so much of the world today is or has been rather going towards this quantity, like like quick, get it out there. Fast fashion being an obvious example. Fast food. I mean, that's probably where it, where, where the word came from, right? But. If you look back on the things that matter in your life and the things that have meaning to you, they're not things that you bought and then threw away after after a few months. You know, I've got I've got watches at home that that, that were passed down to me. I've got they will they'll be passed down to my children, right? So I think I think you're right. Quality is it's a timeless principle which is never ever going to erode, regardless of what happens with AI or technology or or whatever. Like quality is there. It's 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 just a fundamental principle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, yeah, so if we get the, um, the production right and the quality right, the, whatever we are producing um, from which, whichever brand um, is that those products can stand the test of time. They can be passed down, they can be resold crucially, obviously. Yeah. Um, this is the, obviously the space that we're working in. Um, that's step one, if we, can get, if we can nail that. And then all the design details, interestingly, that lend themselves to more people fitting those pieces. Yeah. Um, is, is another detail. Um, but most importantly, on the innovation front, um, using AI, machine learning, um, to be able to completely elevate the shopping experience. So if you can imagine um, all of the garments um, in circulation globally at this point in time, if we can, if you imagine actually also pressing pause on you know, the manufacturing globally, just for one moment. Yeah. And then if we really just addressed the recirculating these garments globally to the right people, how are we gonna do that? We need to know what style people are, what size they are, and what body shape they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's something we've been really focused, focused on. Um, recirculating, so we've got um, all of the supply globally, yeah. and then all of the demand and the style um, profiles of those people. Yeah. So that's really kind of what our um, the, the vision of our technology is, that we can um, marry up um, shape and style. So basically, wherever you are on the internet um, or in real life, um, your style passport with all the behavioral learning can follow you around yeah. to each shop. Um, and that's really why we're, we're kind of working with brands to um, the, the start of the, our brand partnerships is to um, help them build their resale business so the customers can send back their pieces when they're finished with them, um, which is really important. Um, and they get rewarded with um, a voucher to buy something new. Okay. Um, and you know the brands are obviously you know sustainability is really um, really important and um, top of the agenda at the moment given the new legislation that's coming in soon. Um, and um, once they've got their resale businesses um, up and running and revenue generating, um, then the, the the second piece is around making that shopping experience absolutely killer, yeah. so that it's really easy and seamless and exciting and is every bit as good as shopping new fashion. Yeah, basically. Yeah.
Okay, cool. Um, and we've, you know, I think um, developing our sort of online um, digital personal shopper, yeah. which is basically like, you know, walking into a shop and you have a, um, a stylist going, hi, Alfie. Um, now, what are you looking for today? Sure. But that stylist knows everything about your style, what you've bought before, how much you probably want to spend. Yeah. All of your colors and that kind of thing is already kind of a given. So um, kind of marrying up those two pieces um, and basically really supporting brands to build this um, to build this side of their business um, as the market is growing is the most exciting thing for us. And I think um, there's such a big opportunity um, given the, the, the market growth for them. Um, they just need some support because resale is a different business from yeah. new fashion. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for, for people that, that have enjoyed this then and, and want to find out more about the platform, where, where, where should they go? So um, our main platform is styleswapofficial.com. Okay. Um, and yeah, and watch this space for, um, for new brand partnerships that we'll be, um, we'll be excited and will be certainly in the press in the coming months. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Hey, thanks for watching this podcast. Make sure that you like, subscribe, follow, comment, etc., etc. And I'll see you in the next episode.